The media is getting absolutely tore up for their insane and desperate coverage of the coronavirus because they keep trying to politicize things, speculate and point fingers. Well, the Surgeon General has told them to stop and boy, are they outraged. Why, they say. What if we want to speculate about insane things like Trump canceling the election or accusing him of politicizing it and then celebrating when they when the Democrats politicize it? The fact remains, much of the coverage and the media hype around what's going on with the coronavirus has been complete and utter BS. There's been a lot of good reporting. There's been a lot of people in the media reporting information to the best of their abilities, and things are kind of getting out of control. It's hard to know exactly what's happening, and people are panicking. Don't panic. I don't, I don't really know what to tell you, and I'm not going to pretend like I've been perfect either. What I can tell you is the media trying to inject politics and speculate as to why the orange man is bad this time is nothing short of problematic. Right now, the question should not be, Trump did good or bad, therefore, what should we say or do about Trump? The question should be, what, what, what should we be doing to mitigate this crisis? I think for the most part, while the federal government plays a very important role in what's happening with the shutdowns and the curfews and all the weird stuff happening, it's important to realize that local governments are going to be having the biggest impact on your life. Right now, where I'm at, in a small town, a suburb, they're shutting down schools. New Jersey is contemplating a statewide curfew. That's not from Trump. And I'm not going to pretend like just because Trump does or doesn't do something, he is the issue. As Andrew Yang said before he left the primary race, Democrats need to stop pretending like Donald Trump is the cause of all of their problem. And naturally, many of these people in media might as well just be members of the Democratic Party. I mean, most of them actually are and make donations. Here's the point. What I try to do is focus specifically on here's what's going on with the coronavirus, the pandemic, etc., mostly on my other channel, youtube.com slash timcastnews. On this channel, I do typically talk about politics and the media and things of that nature. So as of now, almost all of the news everywhere is just about the coronavirus. And while I think it is fine for news outlets and commentators to say, you know, what's going to happen next? What should you pay attention to? Here's what I think. I am not okay with the media acting like they're the arbiters of truth who get to smear and play politics on this one. That's not what you should be doing. And now I find me find myself paradoxically doing something similar because I'm going to now be pointing the finger at media over their attempts at politicizing the crisis, which they've been doing. The first story I want to show you, Surgeon General tells media to stop finger pointing at the Trump administration's coronavirus response. Naturally, what do you think the media has responded with? How, how harumph I say, oh, we're, we're journalists. You can't tell us what to do. And the Surgeon General is striking back, and so are many other people. So let's, let's check out this story, and I'm going to go through a bunch of what's going on with the media. But I do want to show you some of the more drastic things that are taking place now. And, and you know, I'll be a bit self-critical. There's only so much I or anyone else can do. We're trying to actually talk about what's happening with the coronavirus pandemic and what the results will be. So I'm going to show you some serious stuff. I know a lot. Uh, there's a decent amount of people who are upset because they feel like panic is setting in when, when I or anyone else talks about it. I am not, for the most part, critical of that. I can understand there is truth that statement, but I don't know what you want me to do. Here's the news. Here's what's happening. And I'm going to give it to you to the best of my abilities and try and break it down. So we've got some serious stuff going on. Curfews, bars being closed. But first, let's tackle the media trying to smear this on the, the, the president and politics. And, and before I do, let me just say, I have refrained from calling out the, the, you know, the Democrats 
or Trump for the most part. I've been a little critical of Trump, but I understand you're trying to prevent a panic. The, there's, there's so many people in the media that can't see anything other than Trump, or perhaps it's because they know that's their path to a click and a quick buck. Let's read the news. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are several ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, share this video. You look, there's, there's a lot of people in media that are going to rile everyone up. I'm hoping I'm a counter to that, but I'll be honest with you. As much as people like to say that, you know, they think I'm objective or whatever, I honestly don't really see it that way. I think everyone thinks they're the hero of their own story. So yeah, I'm going to call them out. It just so happens that many people agree with me and don't agree with them. I don't know what else to tell you. What I can say is it's Sunday, typically a slow news day as it is. And now there's literally nothing, nothing in the news other than coronavirus, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, everything is just about this. But yet somehow, while we are seeing an uptick in cases around the world, panic from governments, there are still people in media who find it in their souls, the ability to say it's Trump's fault all day, every day. Now, that being said, make sure you subscribe to my channel for more videos like this. Hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, because YouTube is likely not going to, to tell you unless you do that, if you like my videos. Let's read a little bit of this first story, and then I want to show you how the media reacted. And boy, are they not happy. Surgeon General Jerome Adams told White House reporters Saturday, that there should be no more criticism or finger pointing at the Trump administration's coronavirus response. We really need you all to lean into and prioritize the health and safety of the American people, Adams said at a briefing with Vice President Pence and other members of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. No more bickering, no more partisanship, no more criticism or finger pointing, he continued. There'll be plenty of time for that. The Trump administration has come under intense scrutiny from members of Congress and the media, for its lackluster response to the, chrono- to the coronavirus, which has now infected at least 2,500 people in the U.S. Well, that number, my understanding, is now over 3,000. This article is from the other day. They say other countries experiencing outbreaks, such as South Korea, are running 10,000 tests per day. Because there aren't enough test kits available, doctors and public health officials are limiting, test- limiting testing to people who are seriously ill or are at risk because they're elderly or have underlying health conditions. As a result, it's not clear how many people in the U.S. have the coronavirus, but some experts estimate there are thousands of undetected cases. Over in Ohio, some state health officials said 100,000. Then later came out and said it was a guesstimate. That's not the full number. So I can't tell you exactly what you should or shouldn't do. And I will tell you this. Panic is always a mistake. You need to think rationally. There are a lot of people trying to exploit the system through price gouging and stuff like that. Those people are bad people. Don't panic. Don't overbuy. But think calmly and rationally, and you should have supplies. The CDC has advised this. Limit social distancing. Don't go out. uh, I'm sorry. Limit social contact. Engage in social distancing, right? Well, let's check. Let's let's get to the media on this one. From the Hill. Media members react to straight talk from Surgeon General. Quite a prescription. See, they're angry. Members of the media ripped Surgeon General Jerome Adams after he reprimanded journalists for their coverage of the White House response to the coronavirus. And of course... It's the usual suspects, the people in media who claim to be rational, sane voices, but can only ever shriek orange man bad over and over and over again. Why, look, it's our good friend Maggie Haberman, who said in response to the Surgeon General, quite a prescription from the Surgeon General. Reporters are reporting after a series of mess ups by the government in their response to the coronavirus. Joy Reid said, um, did the Surgeon General just tell the U.S. to take coronavirus seriously? Has he met his boss? And did he just order Americans not to criticize the president? No, the Surgeon General made a very good point 
And you know why I'm calling it a very good point? Not because I'm here to defend him, because I made the exact same point before he did. If you've got a problem with the president's response to the pandemic, which I personally have criticized more than once, the response should not be Trump did a bad job. Therefore, orange man, bad November, Democrats, blah, blah, blah. The, 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 the comment should be, I think Trump did a bad job early on. He's changed course. He's taking action now. Let's talk about it later and do what we can to protect lives and protect our healthcare system. I am less concerned about politicking. If you have an issue with the president, save it until this is over. And then you can voice that opinion. I mean, look, I'll be honest. You can, you can say whatever you want, whenever you want. I think the media should be chilling out on the politicking. I have absolutely refrained from talking about a ton of the stuff the Democrats have done that I think I would be critical of as well, because I don't want to play that game. And I said as much, if you got an issue with the president, by all means, you're free to express your opinion. But please, following your complaint, the focus should be, here's what we all should do now. If you want to complain about who should be the president, save it for the election cycle. November is not that far away. Here we have Yashir Ali said, someone tell the Surgeon General that it is not his place to talk about bickering or partisanship from the White House podium. His job is to talk about matters of public health. Ridiculous. Yeah, and he did. That's actually what he did when he went up there. And he was right. We're at a time of crisis right now. Whether it's warranted or not, I know there are some people who disagree. But we are are facing a serious concern over whether or not our health care system can handle this crisis. It may be overhyped. Good. It would be a good thing. Because the worst case scenario, we do nothing. And then afterwards, we regret it. Better safe than sorry. But I got to admit, man, I'm not the person who has all the answers who can tell you what to do, what we should do. I can just say right now, based on what, everything we've seen from these other countries, it's best to, to be safe than sorry, I suppose. But of course, we have more. Jake Tapper, schooled by Surgeon General on White House virus, uh, White House virus response. Many people in the media, are, they're Democrats. You know, I've talked about this before. I know it's, it instantly makes it so that people on the left don't want to watch and they accuse me of not being left wing or whatever. When I don't, I don't even really say that, I say I'm like a center left politically, which is a fact, not, not a tribal position or a political party. But when you, when, you, when you see people like Jake Tapper try and smear the president, make him look bad, I have to wonder what his goal is. But let me tell you this more importantly, when Donald Trump made his emergency announcement that travel, he said, we are suspending travel from Europe, you know, for the next 30 days or whatever. Immediately, you had Don Lemon freak out saying, why is he giving us bad information? Why won't he tell us oh, the truth? It is normal for a president to make a statement and for journalists to follow up. They acted like every statement ever given by a president was perfectly clear information that required no follow up. If that were the case, we wouldn't even have a White House press corps asking for clarity. There's a press secretary for this reason. Hey, the president said this thing. Okay, and the journalists are supposed to say, uh, did you mean X, Y, and Z? No, I just meant Y and Z. Ah, interesting. I didn't realize. Okay, great. But when it's Trump, it's always orange man bad. Now get this. They say, this is from Newsbusters. Despite multiple attempts by CNN host Jake Tapper to seemingly embarrass the Trump administration with their response to the coronavirus during Sunday's State of the Union, U.S. Surgeon General Jerome Adams schooled him on the facts. Tapper even questioned if President Trump was even listening to the advice of medical professionals, only, be, only to be told uh, the multiple doctors in the room were not being suppressed. At one point, Tapper tried to stoke public fear by suggesting Trump was willing to sacrifice Americans on a cruise ship as so not to increase the number of people infected by COVID-19. Quote, is the president's desire 
to artificially keep the numbers low by keeping Americans who are off the coast of the United States? Is that desire impacting health decisions to help save these Americans who have coronavirus or who could possibly have it? He demanded to know. After pointing out that Tapper wanted him to make things political, Adams talked about how the safety of the people on board the cruise ships with the virus were a priority. He said, oh, they have a, a, a bigger quote here. When the president comes in, he makes it clear that he wants the best advice from his health experts. As far as the cruise ships are concerned, our priorities are number one, making sure people who are on those cruise ships and who need medical attention can get it. And we've flown people off the ships. We've flown CDC teams into the ships to help. Number two, we want to get people off the ships as quickly and safely as we can. And number three, we want to protect our communities. And that's a delicate balance that requires the cooperation of many different partners, the Department of Defense, the Coast Guard and others. But again, we want to make sure we're taking care of those people on the ship and in a way that protects them, but also protects communities. Tapper wouldn't let his narrative go, amped up by his claims, by insisting the president was making purely public relations decisions and not medical ones. It is always the assumption that everything Trump is doing is negative. I just don't get it. I really don't. A guy who was a billionaire runs for president. Yeah, I get it. There's status there. There's ego. But why give up a lavish life as a billionaire with your name in gold on buildings around the world to make less money? Well, it's not it's not necessarily about public relations. It's about perhaps the guy thought he could do something good. I think here's my opinion of the president. I think he's an arrogant narcissist, 100 percent. And because of that, he looks at the presidency and says, only I can do it right. And then he goes and it creates a ton of problems for him. But I genuinely think he wants to be president to do things he think will help. He thinks will help. Thus, we ended up with a really great economy for a while up until, you know, the pandemic hit. We took a big hit in the market. Unemployment is still down, but we'll see how things turn out after this. So naturally, a lot of people are upset that this great economy is taking a hit. But I, I, I really, really do not see Trump as trying to prove to people through PR relations that he's a good president. I think Trump genuinely thinks he's he's better than, than most people and should be president because he'll do it better. And this resulted in him bypassing, you know, the normal workflow and ignoring advice from others. You can criticize him all day for it. But to make the assumption that he doesn't actually care is insane, because if Trump really does want to win the PR battle, he can't leave this crisis having been defeated. He needs to make sure people get better and the stories improve, which is very difficult when the media attacks him all day, every day. When looking at the at the cruise ship, people in media kept saying Trump's trying to keep the numbers in the United States down by leaving these people trapped. Or it could be if you release a bunch of infected people into our country, you will get rampant spread. I don't know why the assumption is always that he's evil. It's like, dude, you don't have to like the guy personally, but I don't think he's evil. I think he's wrong. I think he's arrogant. I think he can be stupid, but come on. He's doing what he thinks is right. He's in a difficult position. You don't want to spark a panic and you don't want to ignore the problem. And I think his response initially wasn't good enough, but that's, that's not the point. The point now isn't for me to tell you how to vote or what to do. That's up to you. You decide. The point is now is to stop the politicking and say, while we all recognize or many of us recognize we didn't like his initial response, what can we do now to protect those people on that cruise ship? Why couldn't Jake Tepper ask that question? If Trump says it's better to keep them on board, what can we do to protect their health as well as the communities like the Surgeon General said? Let me show you some absolutely fun media. BuzzFeed News reporting. What happens if Trump tries to cancel the election because of the coronavirus? He might well try, even though the answer is no, he cannot. Okay, you know what, man? Yeah, maybe. 
We've seen the Democratic primaries delayed. But what is this? What does this have to do with anything? This is what they're doing. Okay, there have been people who have been criticizing me saying I'm stoking panic or whatever by even talking about it because I'm showing stories where they say like curfew in effect. And I'm saying, hey, I'm taking it seriously. Fine. You can be mad at me. It's okay. I can take criticism. I always try to do better. This is a whole new level of crazy. First of all, we are nowhere near this conversation. Okay, they are postponing primary elections. They're not talking about even canceling elections. And what's the what's what is this? They've been saying this all the time. Trump's going to try and stay in power after November. Oh, come on, man. There is nothing to indicate that's 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 true. Why BuzzFeed? What are you doing? There have been a bunch of stories that are that are a bit more fair. Like the New York Times asked, could Donald Trump postpone the election? No, I think that's a good question. I'm not a big fan of bringing up this uh, politicizing of the crisis, but we have seen the Democratic primaries, a couple of them now postponed. I think I think so far, too. And if that's the case, I think it's a reasonable question to say if this extends into November, will we have to move the election back? It's a scary thought. But to say that Trump wants to outright cancel it. Nope. Trump just walks up and says, by the way, because of the infection, we're all going to be, you know, uh, we're, we're going to be just canceling the election and I'm going to be president. Oh, come on, dude. You think Trump would walk out and be like, no elections. And people would be like, OK, it's never going to happen. That's insane. Now, look, there, there are things I couldn't predict. I talked for forever about how I thought Trump was going to landslide. I still think that for the most part, that's the case. But I got to admit, I never saw coronavirus coming. I never saw this pandemic coming. So I, I do what I, what I can when I, with the information I have. But there are so many variables. Let me show you. Just you look, there's, there's so much media that's just, here's Slate. Trump can't cancel the election, but states could do it for him. Oh, we've gone beyond, no, Trump can't do it, to now literally a story. Well, Trump can't, but the states would do it. Yes, because the states are all going to collude to make Trump the emperor of the United States. I don't see it. Y'all need to calm down. In the event that we actually needed to cancel an election, I don't think you'll, you'll even care all that much because that's got to be a serious, serious crisis. But canceling the election? What does that mean? That Trump's president forever? No, come on. Postponing it or even emergency procedures to, 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 to change the government or do something would require extremely drastic circumstances. I just do not see it happening. Now, there could be complaints that because the, ele- the election isn't postponed, voter turnout is affected and people cry foul. So this should be something we take seriously. But they're trying to act like, you know, since Trump got elected, it's, all, it's, all, it's always been about whether or not Trump is ever going to give up the reins. And they were, they were, you know, Bill Maher has said it, that Trump is, you think this guy's going to leave office? He'll never do it. Oh, come on, man. He's making this stuff up. Now, let me show you my absolute favorite bit. Check this out. The Washington Post. Trump's critics aren't politicizing the coronavirus. Trump is. Protecting Americans is his job. Politicizing is prioritizing his public image over public health. From March 10th, 2020, the Washington Post says it's Donald Trump who's doing this and he's supposed to be protecting America. That's right. And then how about this Washington Post piece? Let's politicize the coronavirus crisis. Are you kidding me? Washington Post, get some editorial guidelines. What's your, what's your, what's your mission here? To post contradictory articles so we don't understand what your opinion is? I understand they're written by different people. The issue is there is an editorial direction that, that would, would be well served to be consistent. You can't get mad at Donald Trump because you're accusing him of politicizing this. Meanwhile, people are claiming that Trump is going to be God, you know, God emperor and take over the country. Calm down, everybody. You're making that up. 
But then they go ahead and publish this piece saying, you know what? Let's do it. This time they post a picture of a, you know, a serious looking Nancy Pelosi. And this was published on March 14th. This is the problem I see with the media. They, they, they go after the president. This is their opportunity instead of focusing on what we can do to keep people safe. There's a bunch of crazy stuff happening right now, and it's got me a little bit worried. I didn't initially take this thing as seriously as some people, but I did take it a bit more seriously than most. A lot of people got mad at me saying, calm down, you're overhyping this. There was, a, there was this belief that the media was just dramatically overhyping everything. Guess what? That's half true. What we're seeing here with like politicizing this, CNN, they absolutely are willing to take advantage of the, of the crisis. But it is also a fact that governments around the world have been locking down and that this is a, it's a, it's a serious issue. It's a global pandemic. There's a lot I don't understand and you don't understand. We're not experts. So we can only defer to the experts and say, let's do our best. But of course, CNN blasted for now declaring Wuhan virus as racist after weeks of networks Chinese China's coronavirus coverage. This is what I want to drive home to you. The media, for the most part, their goal is clicks. They will make up what they need to make up. They will accuse Trump because it gets clicks, not because it's real. I'm trying to avoid doing that. I'm not perfect. I did, I did a story recently about Rashida Tlaib, someone who I've been, I've been critical of. And she was asking about the potential numbers of infected here in the United States, what we could see from a health expert. I'm not gonna, going to go after her or Pelosi or anybody if we are all doing our best to try and solve this problem. And there have been a bunch of things I could criticize them for, for sure. I don't want to play that game. I want to make sure that the people who are at home, who are hungry or who have elderly family, know what they can expect. So I want to talk about the more serious things that are affecting everybody, not whether or not the orange man is bad or conservatives are racist. I've, cri- I've criticized the media for this already. But check this out. Comedian Samantha B calls Fox News coronavirus coverage a racist orchestra. I did a segment on this. It's pathetic. These people, uh, Samantha B is not a journalist. I get it. But you see how the media is trying to play this narrative of, of, of no matter what happens, Trump is bad. And it's actually, it's sad. It is. Let me show you something. They have a tweet in this from Jim Acosta, who called it the Wuhan coronavirus in January. No, it's not racist to tie the virus, which, which first emerged in Wuhan, in China, to China. That's literally what happened. But they single out Trump and they single out Fox News for this because they're more interested in playing politics. Now, of course, there are people on Fox News who I can criticize as well. One woman downplayed it. She actually got suspended from her show. I don't know what's going on with that for, uh, right now. But listen, the last thing that we really need is in the midst of a crisis to weaponize it for partisan points. I was watching the news earlier, and I thought it was interesting that we're kind of shifting away from a lot of the culture war stories, not entirely, as I've pointed out, but people are more concerned with health and safety than they are with what's going on between the Republicans and the Democrats or something. I thought it was a good thing. I was like, maybe I was wrong about, you know, the coming conflict and the likelihood for a civil war two or whatever. I mean, we'll see what happens because Trump's on part of win re-election and the Bernie Sanders people are freaking out. But of course, I'm wrong a lot about a lot of things. I base my opinions off of the information I have at the time. And I'm not a psychic. Nobody is. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. I don't think I'm any better than, you know, the average person for the most part. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit better, you know, more likely to predict something. I have no idea. But what I'm what, what I'm what I was hoping for is that maybe what really brings us together is a shared, you know, enemy, the coronavirus. Maybe because of this, we'll stop focusing on what's different and focusing on what, we, what what's the same and what we need to do to protect each other. 
But a little bit, a little bit of that hope was dashed because the media has consistently tried to make this about Trump. They've consistently tried to make it about orange man bad instead of about the victims, those getting sick and whether or not we are doing the right things to solve the problem. Criticize the president, please. I got no problem with that. But your criticism should be followed up with constructive comments on how we do better, not how you think Trump needs to be removed from office and how he's trying to steal the election to cancel it. You can criticize the guy and then say, I think his initial reaction was not that good. Here's what we should do. Okay, I'm listening. But if you're going to come up to me and you're going to start saying his reaction was bad, he's an awful person, we got to get rid of him. I'm going to say, you lost me. Save the argument for when we're not in a crisis and I'm not you know, stuck without toilet paper in my house. Figuratively, obviously. There's a lot of people buying up toilet paper for whatever reason. But you, you get it, man. I'm not surprised that we're seeing all of this media finger pointing. People have accused me of, you know, trying to get clicks off this. Let me tell you something. The videos that I've done on, on the coronavirus have almost entirely been demonetized up until like today. And still 90% of them are demonetized and viewership is down. I'm not talking about this because I want to. I'm talking about it because it's the news. It's what's happening. But these people who are trying to shock you into thinking that Donald Trump is going to try to cancel the election. Oh, no. What do we do? Yeah, they're full of it. I, 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 I see no reason to even bring this up, but they want to shock you. Give me that click. They will exploit this crisis to make you scared of the president at a time when we need to be focusing on what the president is talking about so that we can do better, so that we can actually protect each other. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. at youtube.com slash Timcast News. And uh, I'll see you in the next segment. We are now entering hard quarantine territory. I hope you all bought supplies. I mean this seriously. In the New York metropolitan area, Hoboken will be imposing a citywide 10 p.m. curfew. They're instructing people to stay in their homes. We're also hearing that in Champaign, Illinois, an executive order would grant them the ability to stop to, to freeze sales of firearms and alcohol, among other things. We are entering hard quarantine territory and authoritarian territory. So let me get one, let me say one thing. Expect more. Donald Trump recently said domestic travel restrictions are being considered. That means you can't fly from New York to D.C., Chicago to Austin, whatever. No, with no domestic travel, but that we're not there yet. I think we might get there. The Department of Defense has advised its personnel and their families, as well as their friends, not to travel for 60 days. So let's stop real quick to all the people saying that the coronavirus isn't that bad. It's just like the flu. Keep saying it. It's fine. No one else agrees with you. And that's what you need to consider. Because you're going to see more hard quarantines. The National Guard being deployed to New Rochelle in New York, a containment zone being set up. And we are going to come to the point where we are like Italy, where there are going to be guards and checkpoints. At least I think it's a strong possibility. If they're saying domestic travel restrictions are being considered, don't be surprised if, if it turns out that on the interstate highway, they divert traffic and bridges and say, we want to restrict travel for the next couple of months. Before we read the story about the curfew, first, I can't believe we're here. I really, really can't. Because we are a very liberty-minded society, but we're not completely libertarian. What's shocking to me is that we're actually seeing a local, a local government. This is the, the city of Hoboken in New York, 40,000, I believe it's 40,000 residents, 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's that's uh, that's Teaneck. I don't know how many people live in Hoboken, but they're saying they're going to close all bars after Sunday. As far as I can tell, there's no plan to reopen them. And I don't know what it means if you're seen walking around after 10 p.m., but welcome to the authoritarian state. I'm not saying it's completely bad as an emergency precaution. I understand that societies that can't function properly and have security will cease to exist. But we're now entering territory where the government's going to come and tell you, you can't go outside at a certain time. Walmart is going to be restricting store hours. Apple stores are shutting down. No matter what you think of the coronavirus, other people disagree. And now we are seeing these harsh measures. I hope you bought supplies. I have routinely advocated for going out, not panic buying, just getting your normal stock of supplies. But I'm sorry, at this point, it might be too late because you're going to encounter empty shelves. You're going to encounter closed stores. And there's been a company that I've been promoting, Emergency Food Supplies. They're now facing a 10-week delay. So I don't want to say it's too late, but make sure if you do go buy supplies, you just buy something reasonable and stock up. But man, I'll tell you, New Jersey on lockdown. Hoboken imposes a citywide 10 p.m. curfew and closes all of its bars while the town of Teaneck is put in self-quarantine as the state reports 69 coronavirus cases and two deaths. Let me just stop you right now. I've seen a lot of posts from people arguing about whether or not this is worse than the coronavirus or, or how to react. According to a story that was published by BuzzFeed, and I know you don't like BuzzFeed. Most people don't. I certainly don't. That's why I'm saying I know you don't, because most of us don't like BuzzFeed. But there is one thing I have to give them credit for, and, for, and it's FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act requests, meaning they can contact the government and say, give us these documents. And I shouldn't even necessarily say BuzzFeed. It is, but it's Jason Leopold. He's a, he's a great reporter. He files, he's, he is the FOIA master, and he has gotten tons of documents even before he worked at BuzzFeed. So I respect his work. I think it's legit. In the documents, they say this, and I want to stress, this is BuzzFeed telling us this. The Department of Health and Human Services has recommended that intelligence community personnel have at least three months worth of food on hand in the event of an uncontrolled pandemic. And that's what a pandemic is, uncontrolled. The reason why the World Health Organization, this is my understanding, at least from what I've read, they didn't want to call this a pandemic for some time because it, that would mean they've lost control of it. That's where we're at now. The government is telling its personnel to have three months worth of food and not to travel for 60 days. What are they telling you? Now, I always say actions speak louder than words. So they can warn us. They can say what we should or shouldn't do. But for the most part, they're trying to avoid panic. So they're saying, don't go panic buy. And you shouldn't. That's true. But you should go get supplies. And I don't know if three months is the right amount you need. But if Health and Human Services is telling their personnel, critical infrastructure, three months, I don't see why people wouldn't have three months worth of supplies. I'll admit it. I don't. I do not have three months because as much as I'm someone who still wants to be, you know, have emergency supplies, I didn't take this that seriously either. I took it seriously enough. And I know many of you may have as well and went out and got supplies because to me that was serious enough. I don't know if we're going to need three months, but if the DOD is saying no travel for 60 days, count on that timeline. That's what a lot of reporters are saying. Trump, check this out. Trump says some domestic travel restrictions under consideration. This is from just the other day. I think we will see it. I absolutely think we're going to see this. I think we're entering Italy territory. 
Apparently in the past day, there was like a 20% increase in cases over the past 24 hours, even though they're on lockdown. So I don't, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you, you know, with people about why this is serious or why it isn't. You know what? I think we're bound that point. I'll give you the gist of it for those that probably don't know, but I'm assuming most of you have been paying attention. It's transmitting slightly, a, a decent amount faster, like 30% faster, I think. I, can't, I was reading something that said the, trans, the infection rate, I think this is from who, is uh, you, you, if you have coronavirus, you will likely infect 2.6 people, whereas the flu is 1.5. So this is a bit more infectious. It's got a very high complication rate. That means people need to be put on ventilators. They're getting pneumonia and they're struggling to breathe, shortness of breath. It's very, very dangerous. This is why people are dying and even young people have, though most people who have died have been older. The fear is that if 18 to 20% are being hospitalized, our hospitals can't handle it. Forget all of that. Forget it all. Wash your hands, stay safe, chill at home, have a good time. What's, what's disconcerting now and the real issue you need to be thinking about is this. I got to say, man, New Jersey on lockdown. I, I, there was a moment where I, was on, I, I lived in Brooklyn and there was this high profile incident. I'll, I'll keep the details. I won't, I won't go into the great details, but a crime had occurred against police officers. My block got locked down. The cops told me I wasn't allowed to leave my home. And I'm thinking like, hell, I'm not. And then I just waited. And then once, you know, the street was empty, I went outside. But the lights, the street lights were off. And I'm thinking like, you can't tell me to stay in my house. You know what I mean? I'm very defiant. And I don't think there was actually, there was, there was no real rule. They just didn't want me walking around. But no, I was going to the store. I'm like, dude, I'm, I, and I walked around and I went and I saw some other journalists because there was a big event happening. I ended up live streaming it. But think about this. This is substantially worse than, you know, a couple of cops on my block saying, hey, stay in your house. This is the city of Hoboken, New Jersey, a hot spot. A, 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 people go party there. There's a, there's a pier. People hang out. They get pretzels. There's a bunch of nice restaurants. 10 p.m. curfew. Let's read this because as far as I know, they're saying the bars aren't going to be reopening. A lot of people are concerned. I'm seeing some Trump supporters say this is the worst timing. They don't believe it. They think it's hype. The media is trying to take Trump down. Nah, man, listen, sometimes these things, these things happen. And if you were, if you were really going to believe that this is just some big anti-Trump overhype, why is Italy in lockdown? Like, it's not like, it's not, I mean, it's not like Italy is working. There's, there's no global conspiracy targeting Trump. I mean, I think Democrats hate him and will lie, cheat and steal. I think never Trumpers hate him and will lie, cheat and steal. And I think there's substantially powerful corporate interests that hate him and will lie, cheat and steal. But to see all these governments reacting this way, I'm sorry, man. They'll take advantage of it. Mind you, they will take advantage of it. And they are. But there's a big difference between them screeching orange man bad and trying to blame him for everything, which is annoying me, by the way, to, to a great deal. And Italy and France and China and all these other countries locking down. There's a big difference. France is closing all its restaurants. I think we are on track for the same thing. Daily Mail reports, northern New Jersey municipalities took steps to stem the outbreak of coronavirus cases Saturday night as Hoboken decided to close its bars and Teaneck residents were ordered to self-quarantine. Hoboken, a Hudson County city on the Hudson River, announced in a tweet that bars are effectively closed for the foreseeable future as of 11 a.m. Sunday. Meanwhile, the residents of the Bergen County Township of Teaneck have been ordered into self-quarantine by its mayor after it became ground zero for the coronavirus outbreak in New Jersey. Hoboken, which serves as a late night hotspot for revelers throughout the region, also announced 
that bars will no longer be able to serve food within the establishments. Any bar or restaurant that currently offers food will only be allowed to fill takeout orders past Sunday afternoon. But I thought they were saying they were closing. And they say the bars were closing as, as bars are effectively closed for the foreseeable future as of 11 a.m. Sunday. So what does it matter if they can serve food? I'm confused. These are extremely challenging times, and we are seeing a substantial uptick of positive COVID-19 cases, Mayor Ravinder Bala said in a statement. The time is now to enact proactive policies that will help save lives in the long run. Hoboken also is implementing a citywide curfew from 10 p.m. through 5 a.m., effective Monday. All residents will be restricted to their homes, except for emergencies and if they're required to work. They are straight up saying the police in this area are going to not, they're not, you're not allowed to leave your house. Did you go and buy supplies yet? Do you think it's going to stop here? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to get worse. And I'll be honest, I work from home. I haven't, the, the only, the only interactions I've had in terms of like the panic is that at my local Walmart, there's not a lot of groceries. I mean, there's a decent amount. I was able to buy a ton of stuff. Toilet paper was gone. Milk was gone. Water was gone. You know, surprisingly, the toilet paper, I guess. But we, we've seen that for some reason. I think hand sanitizer, a lot, of, a lot of mac and cheese was gone. That was the weird thing to me. Like people immediately rushed to grab the mac and cheese. So I'm like, all right. I mean, but they were more likely to buy the toilet paper. Fine. This is what's more concerning to me. The panic and the reaction is what's more likely to impact you. If you're one of these morons, who on Twitter a month ago were laughing and gloating, saying I was stupid for ordering emergency food. I hope you're proud of yourselves because guess what? My emergency food is up in my, is up in my, in my pantry. I've got a supply of a decent amount, but I don't have three months. And everyone who listened and calmly and rationally ordered some food and got it within a week or two, and all the other people who went to the store and calmly and rationally grabbed a couple extra cans of beans, yeah, we're going to be okay, at least better, more so than others. But when Walmart starts shutting down, and now we have, we have, we have the story, Walmart joins stores cutting opening hours to refill shelves. When stores start shutting down, or more importantly, when the police start patrolling saying, you cannot leave your home hard quarantine, what will you eat? Now, most people probably have maybe a week's worth of food. Most people go grocery shopping once a week. I, I think that's the case. And they, and they stock up. And a lot of people probably have some core basics like oatmeal or flour. So you'll probably get by. But I'm going to be having taco night with my buddies. We're going to be having, we got some pretty good stuff. You know, we've, we've got all the seasonings. We got these really cool things. They're like these pouches that, like they, they saw them at the store. You put them in the microwave and then crack it open and you got, you know, chicken Alfredo. It's, it's amazing. We went out and bought stuff because we saw this coming. And, and you know, I hate to say I told you so. But I also bought emergency food because in the event that we run out of the store-bought stuff that we bought, and I'll, I'll be honest, man, I think we bought like two weeks. We just like doubled our regular grocery shopping. Maybe it wasn't enough. If the DOD is saying 60 days, then this is going to spike. There are going to be more curfews, more lockdowns in France. They shut down all restaurants, all cafes, all non-essential business. Where do you go to buy food if you did not do it already? I'll tell you what right now, man. I know a lot, there's a decent amount of people who get mad at me when I promote the emergency food stuff, but I'm not doing it because I think, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to exploit anything. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm literally, I'm, I'm seriously telling you when they come and they tell you, you can't leave your home right now. The curfew is, is, is Hoboken from 10 PM. The bars are closed, so you can still go out and buy stuff. But in France, in Italy, they've locked everything down in France. It's not as serious. 
You can't go. There's no restaurants. There's no cafes. There's no bars. Apparently all non-essential business. That's what, that, that, that's what was reported. If we get to that point, you're not going to be able to go to the supermarket for, for those, you know, that chicken. And you're not going to be able to go to the supermarket to get those beans. Even if they're available, Walmart is cutting store hours because they need to be able to restock the shelves as panic buying sets in. At least people, you know, the panic buying shows that some people are going out and buying stuff. I've seen a lot of photos of people with, with grocery carts filled, you know, kind of reasonably, just regular stuff. But then you get the crazy people who have like 18 rolls of toilet paper, like packs of toilet paper. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're, you need to stop. If you went out and bought just another week's supply, good on you. This is, this is crazy to me. Check this. Let's read a little bit more. Located just across the Hudson River, six miles from New York, Teaneck had identified 18 cases of coronavirus Saturday night as the number in Bergen County jumped to 31. The order to self-quarantine came from Mayor Mohammed Hamidudin, uh, who issued a stark warning to the township's 40K residents that they were not to visit each other, even other family members. They were told only to leave their homes for food and medicine, as he revealed the officials do not have enough test kits for the rapidly growing number of sick people. 25% of New Jersey's overall cases are centered in Teaneck. Several residents have already been taken to Holy Name Hospital in the township. There are people that don't understand that this is something we haven't seen since World War II. We don't have enough test kits. Every day, more and more people will be getting sick. I'm going to stop right now, man. I'm going to tell you this. I'm starting to think this is worse than I even thought it was. If I, if I thought we'd be at the point, you know, a while ago where they were going to legal, they were going to do legal curfews like hard law enforcement, I think I probably would have bought more supplies. At this point, I'm going to take what I got and I'm going to stay at home. And I'm, you know, I work from home, so it works for me. I think they know it's worse. I, I, I think they don't want people to panic. I, I cannot imagine that the powers that be that want money and control and power are happy with this. Do you think the billionaires, the millionaires who invest in Apple stock are happy right now? Some of them maybe. Some of them may be shorted the stock. Some of them are, are ready to buy the dip, but profits are down. Keep that in mind. Profit forecasts are down. Now, there are certainly authoritarian governmental, uh, government types that are loving getting this power. Check this out. Do I, let me see if I have this, uh, this, this story pulled up. Executive order in Champaign could include banning sale of firearms, ammunition, and alcohol. That's right. People who want to who who ban you know, your right to own firearms or whatever, they're going. They're going for it. They're trying to use. They'll never let a good crisis go to waste. Certainly, there are people who want to exploit this for power. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you right now. I do not think the mayor of Teaneck, Mohammed Hemi Dudin, a township of forty thousand people, is one of these people who's clawing for the for the for the throne. I'm sure he's he's just trying to keep things sane and maintained. But he's telling everyone not to leave your homes. Self quarantine. Let me t- let me let me let me tell you something, man. We're getting there. I mean, we're there. I'm sorry. No, I, we're, we're there. We're at the point where a mayor has just told 40,000 people not to visit each other, not even their family members, and they need to self-quarantine. I'm sure there are some people who live in Teaneck who didn't go out and get any supplies and didn't think it was a big deal. Now you're being told not to leave your home. They're not enforcing it. I don't, I don't think they're going to arrest you or anything. But what do you do? If the businesses are closed, if the store clerks and the store managers are saying, okay, we're not leaving, the stores are closed. Where are you getting your food? People are going to start leaving these towns, going out to rural areas to try and find supplies because they didn't buy them soon enough. In Hoboken, they are hard enforcing a 10 p.m. curfew. That's, that's, that's just absolutely insane. 
The number of virus infections now accounts for 60% of the cases in Bergen County, as Hami Dudden uh, branded Teaneck ground zero. We need everyone to understand that they can infect someone or someone can infect you, he added, stating that residents should only go outside if they absolutely need to. They should stay home. When I say stay home, that doesn't mean go out to lunch with your friends across the street. That means no play dates. That means your nuclear family stays with your nuclear family. I'm not visiting my sister. I'm not visiting my parents. That is the best way to stop the spread of this. We can see a lot of photos, businesses, churches being closed. This person said Teaneck is a ghost town. This is Cedar Lane, Teaneck's busiest street filled with stores, restaurants, and a movie theater. Nothing. By Saturday evening, the streets of Teaneck were deserted as the town self-isolated with the hope of defeating the coronavirus cluster that has emerged. Video emerged of the main street. Yeah, we see it. According to NBC reporter Brian Thompson, the town's business district was already significantly quieter on Saturday afternoon, the Sabbath day for its largely orthodox population. Local government has also shut down. All right. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm trying to avoid doing promos for the emergency food supply company. I've done, I think, maybe like seven so far. I'm not going to do it right now. It, it does, it, it, you know, I've been doing it for a couple of reasons. And, and one, it does help the channel amidst all the demonetization. Two, I, 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 more importantly, I should say, I think it's, it's something you should do. But I'm going to tell you this right now because I mean it sincerely. You should be ordering supplies, whatever you can. It might be too late. I don't want to say it's, it's necessarily too late because it's probably never too late to try and you know, get your place in line to order some supplies. Go to whatever website you can. Do a Google search. Find someone. Find a supplier. It'll probably be delayed because people are mass buying tons of stuff. This is, there's a, there, there's a light at the end of the tunnel in this. We're going to come out on the other side okay. But be warned, the people that will try to enact draconian laws will not let them go after this crisis is over. And they're going to try and keep these things in place. Resist that. Do not let the government encroach on our civil liberties because we are, we are in agreement that this is a crisis. It may be difficult at this point to actually get supplies. It may be like the, the, the company that I often promote has a 10 week delay. I'll tell you what, man, 10 weeks versus not having anything at all. It's probably a good idea. If the, the, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services is telling their personnel to have three months of supply, that's 12 weeks. If you order stuff now and it takes two and a half months or two months to get, at least in that last month, the food will arrive and you'll have something to eat and you'll have the supplies you need. I hope you all went out and filled up your cars with gas because I was in New York after Hurricane Sandy when people would wait hours in line to get gas for their cars. The first thing I did was I filled up my vehicles with gas. I hope you all do the same because it's not about whether or not this is the apocalypse. It's about two important factors. One, natural disasters happen. You always should have some emergency supplies. And two, the panic can be worse than the actual disease. And it may come, come to a point where your local government says you are not allowed to leave your home. Now, I'll tell you this. I'm defiant to the end. I don't want anyone to get infected. So I'm willing to accept I'm not going to leave my house. If, 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 you know, I was in Hoboken and said, don't go out at 10 p.m., I'd be like, you got it, man. We're in this together. We've got to recognize that we want to limit the spread of this. And also, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get sick because I work every day. I take no days off. So I'm down to stay home. I work from home anyway. But when this clears up, I will absolutely not allow any of this to persist. And I hope you are ready as well. The moment we have a breath of fresh air and this is over, make sure you tell your local governments, your state government, your federal government, 
these, these emergency provisions are done and we're returning to normal. But man, I really mean it. I really, really hope you're, you, you, you go and you Google search some, some, kind of, some kind of supplies and order what you can. I'm not telling you to prepare for the end of the world. I'm not telling you to build a bunker. I'm not even telling you to get three month supplies like BuzzFeed News reported the government is saying. And that's BuzzFeed. They're not prepper conspiracy nuts. I'm just saying, man, you should have a little bit of food and water, just like you have a first aid kit. To all the people who listened, when I said this a month and a half ago, two months ago, y'all are probably sitting back with your feet up, slurping on, you know, your smoothie with your, with your boxes of mac and cheese and beans. And you're laughing it. You're laughing because you took, you took this seriously. I can't believe we're here, man. I can't believe we're even at this point. New Jersey on lockdown. Hoboken imposes citywide curfew. I live in South Jersey. The governor said state of emergency, no gatherings. Schools are all shut down. And in, and in North Jersey, they're enacting hard curfews. I think the hard, hard curfews are going to hit all of us. And I really mean it. Don't be surprised if in a week or two weeks, local government tells you you cannot leave your home. Now, to a certain extent, I'll be okay with that. Like I said, I'll be like, do you got no, you got no issue from me, man. I think you'd be crazy to go out and try and, and potentially get sick. But I do think it's scary when the government starts enacting this stuff and there's limits. Once this starts clearing up, they, th- these limits need to be removed. I'll leave it there. Stick around. I'll see you all at 1 p.m. on this channel with any updates and whatever news. I'll see you then. We got some big updates. Germany is going to be closing its borders. Morocco is suspending international flights. There's a bit more news, but this is actually really, really interesting to see Germany close its borders with France, Austria, and Switzerland in order to contain the spread of COVID-19 and to stop panic buying. The reason is the European Union is very much trying to be like a single country. There's an area called the Schengen zone. They are closing their borders to this. If you live in Germany, you can just drive to any other country because they're all member states of the European Union. But with Germany closing its borders, I mean that, and with Brexit, it doesn't seem like the European Union is very strong at all. It would almost be like if you lived in Illinois and they closed their borders with Indiana and Wisconsin. And, you know, you, you, you get the point. Th- these are places where people normally were just fl- freely traveling about, working wherever they wanted. Germany's straight up closing its borders. We'll see if something like that happens in the US. I don't know if we're, get to, we're getting to that point. We are seeing hard lockdowns and quarantines. If you didn't see the segment I did this morning, New Jersey, uh, Hoboken has instituted a 10 p.m. curfew. They're shutting all businesses and restaurants, and it's likely going to get worse. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to hear it. They say it's going to make people panic. Well, you know, don't blame me that they're doing these things and I'm talking about it. Sorry, reality is happening. I'm telling everybody consistently don't panic. If you want me to just stop talking about it, well, take it up with these governments that are freaking out. Angela Merkel said of Germany, 70% of the country could get infected. So I want to show you some stuff. Let's read this. We've got a bunch of updates from The Independent. Germany will close its borders with France, Austria, and Switzerland from Monday, according to the German newspaper Bild. Free movement of goods will remain, and commuters will be allowed to cross borders for work. However, closing borders was not only to contain the COVID-19 epidemic, but also to prevent panic bulk purchases by foreigners which was reportedly causing supply problems in areas around the borders, Bild said. Germany has 5,426 coronavirus cases with 11 deaths, according to official figures. Chancellor Angela Merkel agreed uh, agreed with the move, which police will enforce with the country's regional leaders. Berlin and Cologne decided on Saturday to close all bars, clubs, cinemas, theaters, and concert halls 
with immediate effect in attempt to stop the spread of the coronavirus. The Capitol and many states are shutting schools next week until the end of the Easter holiday. Ms. Merkel says 70% of the country's population is likely to become infected. I don't, I don't care if you don't want to listen to what I have to say. If you're upset by the news, if you think everyone's panicking, the shutdowns are likely to come here as well. Europe has been, was hit by this before we, we were, and now we're being hit by this in much the same way. It is a pandemic that we are only somewhat mitigating. It's going to be up to all of us to distance socially, try and, as they say, flatten the curve to make sure our medical system doesn't collapse under the weight of tons of people who need ventilators or need hospital, hospitalization. Wow. Many people are, are accurately pointing out it's only 11 deaths. The issue is that there is a 20% hospitalization rate. Meaning if you get this, the reason the mortality rate is low is because people are going to the hospital. They're being put on ventilators and they're being saved. If we can't get people in hospitals because they're overwhelmed, that's when things could get bad. But you know what? Don't take my word for it. I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. Just because, you know, I think it's, it's serious doesn't mean you should. And there's a lot of people who have been complaining and saying like, oh, nothing's going to happen. Fine, man, whatever. Since this started, I have repeatedly said, here's what you can expect. And guess what? For the most part, I've been right. I'm not saying that to gloat. I'm saying take it seriously. And if you don't want to, that's your responsibility. I happen to look at these governments seeing Germany shut down their borders when they're in the Schengen zone to me. Well, that's kind of shocking. Morocco is now suspending all international passenger flights, according to the foreign ministry. There's a viral video going around about an Italian newspaper in February on the 9th. They had one page of obituaries. Then on, the, on March 13th, they had 10 pages of obituaries. So the people who are getting sick are dying. At least a lot of them are. So yeah, I don't know what to say, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit frustrated because we're, there's so many people that are acting like we shouldn't talk about it. We should ignore it and go about our business while all of this stuff is happening all around us. What do you want me to say? We're now hearing that over in Puerto Rico, the governor has ordered partial closure of business and uh, except those for the sale of food, supermarkets, pharmacies, gas stations, banks, and health services. The order will take effect at 6 p.m. today until March 30th. And maybe that's all we need. Maybe, maybe these simple measures will be enough. I don't, know, I, I, don't, I don't know what we can expect. I really don't. But I want to show you a bit more breaking updates. And I want to start with this tweet from Balaji S. Srinivasan. He's tweeted a, a bunch of tweets from a, a Twitter account called Bio Breakout. Check this out. On March 1st, bio, well, actually, let me show you Bio, bio Breakout. Bio Breakout is a physician, hospitalist, and swing trader, according to their Twitter account. And I believe they have 12,000 followers. On March 1st, Bio Breakout said, the majority of people who contract coronavirus will survive. It's a cold virus. The coronavirus fear mongering needs to stop immediately. This is insanity. We can then see the next, <laughs> the next tweet. To put, this in, to put this coronavirus hysteria into perspective, showing that Ebola, smallpox, and MERS were much, much worse. Where is the panic and hysteria about influenza? Already 16,000 deaths and counting in the USA this season compared to COVID-19. Then they saw their first hospitalization and their first wave. And they tweeted, bio breakout, this doctor who was downplaying it on March 1st, saying it was no big deal, tweeted, so far I've treated five confirmed COVID patients requiring hospitalization and currently have 14 suspected cases. And I can tell you, that in 18 years of medical practice, I've never seen anything like this. I am sick and tired of people saying, shut up. Don't make, you know, don't talk about it. All you're going to do is make people panic. Just stop. 
I can't control if people are panic or not. Panic or not. I can say over and over again, don't panic. But what more can you expect? Right now, this is the news, period. You may have realized, I, I, look, I, I know the overwhelming majority of people have no issue whatsoever with, with my videos. And actually, I've gotten a ton of emails saying, thank you for keeping us informed. But there are so many people who just absolutely refuse. The optimism bias is staggering, saying, oh, please, it's all hype. It's all hysteria. Germany closing its borders in the Schengen zone is so irreparably bad for the European Union. It is showing that inter interstate member state borders are an important thing that they need. Sorry, Donald Trump restricting travel was 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 praised by many experts. Yet you still see people like, you know, Joe Biden saying this is not the time to be stopping travel. Tell that to Germany, Iran, South Korea, Taiwan, etc. Tell it to all the countries doing this. If you've got a problem with this news and how people are actually realizing, oh, this is bad. Let me let me explain to you. This is not the first person to, to have this reaction. There was a story I covered a couple days ago about a doctor in California who said that 14 people went to Italy. They all got sick. And it was like four of them who had to be or four or five needed hospitalization. Three were, I, don't know, I think it was four, three were serious and one wasn't. This was somebody saying, I've never seen anything like that, like this. And we have heard that over and over again. We now have another naysayer who on March 1st was saying, where's the panic and say about the influenza? Look at all the people who have died. Because the transmission rate, it's my understanding, according to, I think it's from who, someone with coronavirus will, will uh, infect 2.6 people, someone with the flu, 1.5. And the mortality rate of flu is 0.1. I know you've heard me say it a million times, but listen, I, I, I got to tell you guys, I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to speak to you all like, I know most of you are on board and paying attention, but let me just tell you for one, all the videos I do about this are demonetized instantly. Okay. I, I would much prefer to talk about something else. You, you, you want to know what I'd rather talk about? Complaining about politics as usual can be frustrating, but at least that's like, Hey, we're working out our problems and that's cultural. This is a serious global phenomenon. People are, it's, it's affecting everything. We're seeing curfews and shutdowns in all these different countries. And now we have people who I'm assuming this guy's a doctor. Look, it's not verified. I don't know who this person is saying, I've never seen anything like this. Take it seriously. They were asked, what is different in terms of symptom, symptoms, to, uh, uh, et cetera, to things like flu or pneumonia? It's a severe viral pneumonia. The problem is there is a flood of COVID-19 suspected cases coming to the ER, and we are quickly filling the hospital with them. So when you have hospital beds being filled, the mortality rate isn't necessarily the issue that we need to be focusing on. It's that we need hospital beds for around 20% of these cases. That's not true for the flu. So here's what ends up happening. After the, the, the New Jersey you know, lockdowns and, and all that stuff, I made, I made a, a video about it and I posted on Facebook. And sure enough, like clockwork, the same people saying, oh, I don't care. Nothing's happening. Stop talking about it, Tim. You're causing panic by telling people not to panic. Okay, look, man, I can't control if people panic. People are going to panic no matter what. It's not me making the news and making this happen. I'm just telling you what's in the news already. I'm not calling local governments and then shrieking, oh, no, it's all shutting down. They're already doing that. You want to talk about panic? I'm pretty sure when Iran saw 10% of their MPs get sick and many government officials die, and then several countries surrounding it shuttered their borders, that, started people, that made people want to panic. I'm pretty sure when South Korea 
I'm pretty sure when Taiwan and other countries closed their borders, it made people panic. I'm sure that when China started welding people into their homes, it made people panic. So what do you what, what, what you know, to, to all of these people who are complaining about the news, hyping things up, y'all are living in a fantasy land where you just want everything to be perfect. Well, the reality is sometimes these things happen. Most of the people, the overwhelming majority, I know I'm not, I'm not directing it at you guys. You guys are literally watching this. And even those that have been, that have been critical, I'm not talking about those that are critical. I'm talking about the people who are saying it's fake news. Stop talking about it because they want to believe nothing is happening when it's literally happening all around them. I don't know what to tell you, man. I open up various news pages. I read the news every day. And guess what? The only news story is right now. Coronavirus. Would you prefer I just make a video talking about my cat, for instance? I can't believe that there are people who would prefer ignorant bliss over actually understanding what's going on to see these naysayers since the beginning of March to say, no, stop, it's nothing. Then actually experience it, experience it to say, whoa, I was wrong about this. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what to expect. I do know that as I've stated over and over and over again, panic is a bad thing. If you want to survive, if you want to be comfortable, panicking will make things worse. 100%. It always does. But I got a couple more updates. I want to show you this. This is a viral trend on Twitter called Patient 31, the Korean cluster. Here we can see, I don't know, maybe it's kind of hard to see. You can see that the first case traced contacts with a ton of people. Number two, they say most of the initial cases have traveled from Wuhan. So this is, this is patient, the story of Patient 31. They started telling people to distance themselves, and you can see how many people they've come in contact with. But then we meet patient 31, who ignored the advice of medical professionals and the government to distance themselves socially. And they came in contact with 1,160 people, thus exacerbating the spread of the virus. They say it's not clear where patient 31 became infected with the virus. But in the days before her diagnosis, she traveled to crowded spots in Daegu, as well as the capital in Seoul. On February 6, she was in a minor traffic accident in Daegu and checked herself in to a medicine hospital. While at the hospital, she attended services at the Daegu branch of the Shincheonji Church of Jesus on February 9th and again on February 16th. In between those visits on February 15th, doctors at the hospital said they first suggested she be tested for the coronavirus and she, as she had a high fever. Instead, the woman went to a buffet lunch with, with a friend at a hotel. In an interview with local newspaper Jung Ang Ilbo, the woman denied the doctors had advised her to be tested. As her symptoms worsened, however, doctors say they once again advised her to be tested. On February 17th, she finally went to another hospital for the test. The next day, health authorities announced she was the country's 31st confirmed case. It was only a matter of days. Those, members had, those numbers had soared as hundreds of people in the Shinjiangi church and surrounding areas tested positive. This is what they mean when they say social distancing. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, you look, I'll tell you what. There are a lot of people paying attention, but I'll be honest with you. There, there are people who have consistently accused me of, you know, fear mongering or inciting panic. And let me tell you something. There have, been, there have been a couple of people saying that I'm a sellout. Viewership is down. All these videos are demonetized. I am getting less views on all this stuff. But you know what? I'm going to talk about it because it's important. And I've said this time and time again. This is something that we should pay attention to. And if you don't want to take it seriously, you don't have to. But don't come knocking on my or anyone else's door when you find yourself as the grasshopper in the story of the ant and the grasshopper. You remember that story? I've, I've mentioned it now three times. The ants prepared all, all through, through spring and summer for the winter. 
the grasshopper danced around saying, ah, who cares? It's nice out. And then when winter came and the grasshopper had no food, he asked the ants to help and they said no. Guess what? If it turns out the grasshopper ended up finding food, he'd be fine. And so would the ants. And come springtime, everyone gets along just fine. But there are people, I guess, and I think some people for political reasons, absolutely detest that, the, that, that, that this is all happening. There are some people who believe it's a conspiracy theory. I kid you not that all of these governments are colluding to hurt the president. You know what? Just stop, man. Donald Trump is the one who declared the national emergency and restricted travel. This is happening. I don't know. I don't know what people could expect. You want to get mad at me for simply talking about it. Then I want you to get mad at all of these other news outlets for talking about it, too. We have this story. More young patients being admitted to hospital, Italian doctors warn. I hope that all of this is overhyped. I hope that it all blows over. And I've said it several times, and I'm getting really, really tired of saying it. But this is all that the news is right now. This is what people are being impacted by. It's what's changing the face of politics in this country. And whether you want to know about it or not, it's fine. If you don't want to hear about it, like, like the other people who don't watch these videos I've been making, by all means, just go and watch other stuff. I made a video talking about Chinese manufacturing, and it, was, and it got hundreds of thousands of views. I made a video talking about coronavirus, and it got like 80,000. Okay, people who, who think I would prefer to be talking about, I'm not, I don't, I don't care. I don't want to talk about this anymore, but I have to, but we have to be concerned about it. More young patients are being admitted to the hospital. I'm not going to make this one super long. I'm going to leave it here, but I will mention this. 60% believe the worst is yet to come for the U.S. in coronavirus pandemic. Public attitudes about the coronavirus response are split along partisan lines in new NBC Wall Street Journal poll. They asked, Republicans and Democrats, do you, are you concerned that someone you know will be infected? And I'm seeing a lot of Democrats, a lot of leftists arguing that this shows Trump supporters are being, you know, a bit blasé or just not caring, having a laissez-faire attitude, they say. No, I think the answer is actually simple. The reason why Democrats are more likely to be concerned about this is because they live in dense urban areas where the diseases are spreading rapidly. And uh, conservative individuals and Republicans and Trump supporters are more likely to live in less dense rural areas where they're much less likely to contract the virus. It's not about partisanship. It's not. I'm seeing a ton of people, you know, debate whether or not it's serious or not on the left and the right. But for some reason, there are just so many people who want to believe it can never happen to them. And you're allowed to do it. Just stop complaining and telling other people that they shouldn't be concerned about their safety. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to tell you, man. I'm just going to leave it here. There's, there, there's, there's so much going on with this. And I got to admit, I'm really tired of talking about it. So we'll see what happens. I'll see you all at 4 p.m. on my main channel, youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out. New Jersey may consider a statewide curfew. They say they're not just there. They're not there just yet. But of the potential options, self-quarantine or curfew, curfew is the one they say is most under consideration. Now, this is significant because what we see here, we will likely see in other states. Now, I personally live in South Jersey. I call it a Philadelphia suburb because, you know, most people are either in the New York metro or in the Philly metro. But look, I'm in the state of New Jersey. They've already shut down all the schools by me. A lot of people are worried up in Hoboken, which is basically the New York City metro. There's a train straight like one stop. They have already instituted a 10 p.m. curfew. Bars are being shut down. Restaurants are being shut down. So this is this is likely going to expand as the number of cases continue to increase. We now have around 100 cases in New Jersey with two people dead so far. The issue, most of you probably already know by now, is just that we want to make sure it doesn't spread. So we're keeping things held back. 
Let's start with this story. And I've got a couple of other updates because Puerto Rico is also you know, going to be shutting down businesses. We're seeing this happen in the Philippines. A lot of countries are taking these actions as well as the United States. The story from Fox 29 Philadelphia says officials considering statewide curfew amid COVID outbreak. Now it's a, it's a pandemic, so I don't know. Governor Murphy was asked about curfews and also self-quarantine after Teaneck Mayor Mohammed Hamidudin called for citywide self-quarantine for the Bergen County town hit hard by COVID-19. We're not there at a statewide level on, on either of those steps, but we could be, Murphy said on local radio. The curfew is probably of the two, is probably the more immediate one under consideration. Murphy on Saturday night announced the second death in the state from coronavirus, a woman in her 50s who was being cared for at Centra State Medical Center in Monmouth County. Earlier, he had announced 31 new positive cases, bringing the statewide total to 98. The New Jersey Department of Corrections said it's suspending visits for the next 30 days as of Saturday evening. Murphy said earlier that the state is preparing for closing schools statewide, though he stopped short of taking that step. He said it's a matter of when, not if they close. Education officials said some 354 districts or roughly half in the state have closed already. So we're seeing a couple things. One thing I noticed, uh, one thing I noted, Hoboken in New Jersey is imposing strict nightly curfew in coronavirus clampdown. As the number of cases in the New York metro skyrocket, we are now seeing reports from New York officials that they believe everyone in New York has been exposed. So in the next coming weeks, we will likely see the number of cases skyrocket. Now that now Andrew, Andrew Cuomo recently came out and gave a press conference and he said, of the 3,000 ICU beds they have, 80% are already filled. If everyone in New York, and this could be in the metro, 10 plus million people are exposed. How many get sick? I don't know. Let's say 40%. So we're looking at potentially 4 million. If I'm doing a high estimate with the entirety of the metro, 20% of those may be hospitalized. We do not have anywhere near the beds. So this could, this could potentially get really bad. But those are ridiculous numbers. I don't know what we're actually going to see. Right now, the numbers are really, really low, but we are seeing an exponential increase. The amount of cases in the United States has been growing exponentially. So if you're someone who doesn't want to take it seriously, by all means, you can leave the video right now and just ignore me. For everyone else, we are seeing the government's react this way. So at this point, I will tell you this. Let's set aside all the coronavirus talk Let's, uh, in terms of whether or not the illness will be really bad. I think we all get, get the picture. Let's talk about whether or not local governments are going to start telling you you have to stay home as they're doing in Hoboken. Fox News reports the curfew is among the first and most far reaching of such measures taken in the U.S. to to limit the spread of the virus. It was announced on Saturday night by the city's mayor, Ravi Bala, and came a day after a man became the first in Hoboken to test positive for COVID-19. Starting Monday night, residents will be under curfew from 10 p.m. until 5 a.m. the next day. All Hoboken residents will be required to remain indoors during the curfew, except for emergencies and required work. At the same time, Governor Phil Murphy said Sunday morning that a statewide curfew was one of several options. So, so we know this. Let's move on here because New, uh, Jersey City in the past couple of days has already taken these actions. And I can't tell you why it's New Jersey that's doing this, but they seem to be the one taking some of the heaviest actions. Jersey City cancels city events, plans to impose a curfew. And now we see Jersey City orders 10 p.m. curfew for bars and nightclubs. I don't know. It, I, it looks like this one isn't going to be a wide, you know, wide reaching sweeping curfew like Hoboken is, but this will stop social gatherings. CNBC reports the mayor of Jersey City, New Jersey, implemented a 10 p.m. curfew Thursday for any of the city's establishments that carry a liquor license. The new measure is an effort to reduce large crowds and limit the spread of the coronavirus. 
We're trying to be more proactive than most, Jersey City Mayor Stephen Fulop said in an interview with CNBC. Jersey City has not reported any confirmed cases of COVID-19, but Fulop said that people with the virus have probably passed through the city and that there may be unconfirmed infections. New York City, which lies just across the Hudson River from, uh, from, Jer- from Jersey City, has at least 62 cases as of Thursday afternoon. So this, this story is from several days ago, mind you. The mayor's, executive, the mayor's executive order also requires establishments, including places of worship, restaurants, and event venues with a capacity greater than 25 people, to have sign-in sheets that would make tracking potential exposure easier. All public meetings held by the city have been canceled as well. So I think both of these stories around the same time. I don't know if we're going to see an actual hard curfew, but again, there is more. USA Today reports coronavirus live updates. Americans, as is as of today, Americans should prepare to hunker down. No school for millions, chaos at airports. The race to get home was in full swing Sunday for Americans abroad, while millions of students at home were facing a Monday without school as the coronavirus crisis continued its dangerous spiral around the world. So there have been many videos circulating of people rushing home amid this travel restrictions about to hit from Europe. A lot of Americans were in Europe and a lot of them flew back immediately, clogging up all of these airports. Now, I got some serious concerns here. When the coronavirus outbreak first started, when it was an outbreak, not a pandemic, we saw many people in quarantine and many governments were extracting these people. And my concern was that bringing infected people or potentially infected people back to this country would exacerbate the spread of this disease. Many photos and videos started emerging from airports of mass crowding and people standing shoulder to shoulder. If any of these people coming back are sick, excuse me, are sick, now they're all basically exposed. So, so I don't, I don't understand what these, what the government plan is, but I'll tell you, if you bring people back and then you scan them for a fever and they're asymptomatic, but they're all cluttered together, you're potentially infecting all of these people and then releasing them anyway, when they could be asymptomatic, but still carrying the virus. I get it, man. Americans got to come home. I don't know uh, what you should or shouldn't do. I'm not a government official. I'm just saying all this stuff is continually, I don't know, stressing a bit, I guess, you know, disconcerting. Now it's happening in Puerto Rico. They've declared a curfew and they've closed non-essential businesses amid coronavirus scare. Mind you, Puerto Rico is in the United States. It is not a state. It is a territory of the United States. They say Puerto Rico is installing a curfew and requiring non-essential businesses to close their doors as the U.S. territory tries to contain the spread of the coronavirus. If we don't act now with determinations and force, the consequences tomorrow will be even worse. The island of 3.2 million people has four confirmed cases of the coronavirus, and more than a dozen suspected cases are still awaiting confirmation. Under the new decree, the island will be under a curfew from 9 p.m. until 5 a.m. that runs through March 30th. The only exceptions are those who are working or in cases of emergency. Now, I'm curious what would happen if, you know, you were in New York and you went to Hoboken? You're not a resident. Would they just kick you out of the city? What are they going to say? You can't be here. This is what's really confusing. I understand they're saying that if you're a resident, you can't come out of your home. But if you live nearby or in Jersey City and you don't know about this, what, what, what can they really do? Escort you out of the city? Would they arrest you? I think for the most part, the cops would just probably roll up and say, hey, you got to leave. You can't be here. But I'm not sure how you actually enforce this stuff. Same is true for Puerto Rico. If you were walking around, I mean, what are they going to do? Arrest everybody? Hopefully people are heeding this advice and just doing what they need to do. And you don't need these measures. But I think it's entirely possible that moving forward, we're going to see domestic travel restrictions. 
They say, in addition, all non-essential businesses, including theaters, malls, casinos, bars, gyms, and any place that promotes the gathering of citizens in one place will be closed starting at 6 p.m. Sunday. The government had previously declared a state of emergency on March 12th and had already canceled schools through the end of the month and barred cruise ships from landing. Vasquez said she understood the new rules would be a blow to the island's fragile economy, but said they were necessary. All citizens should stay in their homes and avoid propagating the virus. It's everyone's responsibility, she said. God bless Puerto Rico. I hope everyone there certainly stays safe. Now we have one more really big update. Manila enters lockdown for a month. Duterte call a mole's curfew. So this is from just the other, from just last night. Now this is not the United States, but it's just another example of stories that are falling in, in you know, we're seeing similar measures. So in the Philippines, they're going to be quarantined. They're, they're entering a lockdown. We are seeing a lot of voluntary, lo- uh, a lot of vol- voluntary lockdown. There are a lot of, uh, pe- most people aren't going out. A lot of people ran to stores, raided them. But now we're seeing a lot of photos emerging of empty streets. I don't know if we need hard quarantine measures, but apparently in some places we do. On social media, people, there's a lot of photos and videos of people partying in Chicago with St. Patty's Day coming up. People are out at the bars partying like this is no big deal. If we overwhelm our ICU beds, as it, as it looks like we're going to, these people are going to regret it. But what can you really do? I don't know if you guys saw the Rudy Gobert thing where the NBA players started wiping, you know, rubbing every, all the tables and wiping his hands on the microphones. And then it turned out he was, he tested positive for, for, for COVID-19. The issue is not that young people are, are, are at risk. They are to a certain degree. It's that it's going to spread to the people who are at risk. And that's what we don't want to happen. So we can see in the United States and internationally lockdowns, we're seeing curfews. I'm going to wrap this one up here. I've got a couple other big updates for you coming up. So, so stick around as the news breaks. I'll be covering it. I've got another story in just a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. You may have seen the story in the New York Times of the greedy brothers who raided hand sanitizer and disinfecting wipes and other supplies from tons of local stores, spending thousands of dollars and then trying to jack up the price on Amazon only to get shut down. Well, this guy got tore up on social media. We've got some some developments now emerging. Apparently, the, the AG, the attorney general, went to his storage unit where all supplies were, took them all, and they're donating them. Some people have cried this is theft. We'll take a look at the video. But first, social media shames greedy, selfish, price-gouging brothers for selling $1 hand sanitizer for up to $70 each before they were shut down by Amazon, excuse me, leaving them with 17,700 bottles and nowhere to sell them. First, a bit of the context. Two Tennessee brothers who bought 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer and sold some of them for as much as $70 to earn a profit off the coronavirus, say they have received death threats after being shamed on social media. Matt and Noah Colvin of Hickson, Tennessee, drove 1,300 miles across the state and neighboring Kentucky earlier this month after the first coronavirus death was reported in the U.S. Seeing a lucrative business opportunity, they filled a U-Haul truck with thousands of bottles of hand sanitizer and thousands of packs of antibacterial wipes, that they cleaned out from various Dollar Tree, Walmart, Staples, and Home Depot locations. In total, they spent between ten dollars and $15,000 stocking up on the items which are now in demand thanks to the global pandemic that has killed thousands and will likely infect many more. The bulk of it was purchased just driving around to retail stores in the Chattanooga area, Matt Colvin told WR, uh, WRCB-TV. We can see all of these photos here. This guy stocked up like crazy. 
And then when you went to the store to get your hand sanitizer, guess what? There was none because people like him were trying to exploit this. This is scalping. Okay. I get it. It's, 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 it's buying a product and then selling it at a jacked up price, but that's messed up in an emergency. I understand how capitalism works. You can go buy a, a, a piece of gold and then wait till people want the gold and sell it for more money. That's normal. That's trade. This guy was exploiting fear and panic. Matt Colvin then stayed at his home near Chattanooga, where he was expecting deliveries of boxes of even more sanitizer, cleaning products, and surgical masks. Colvin told the New York Times that he began listing some of the products on Amazon and was selling them at a considerable markup. It was crazy money, he told the Times. Colvin, like other online resellers, bought the items at a store for reasonably priced sums. A bottle of Purell hand sanitizer normally sells for $1 each. On Amazon, he charged $20 for a two-pack set, according to the Times. Colvin defended himself against accusations he was price gouging, saying that the cost of delivering it to customers as well as Amazon's commission eat into profits. He said that anti-price gouging laws in Tennessee and elsewhere are not suitable to the current digital age. They're built for Billy Bob's gas station, doubling the amount he charges for gas during a hurricane, Colvin said of the laws currently in the books. Just because it costs me $2 in the store doesn't mean it's not going to cost me $16 to get it to your door. When asked if he felt badly about turning a profit by selling products that prevent the spread of the lethal virus, Colvin countered that he was just correcting inefficiencies in the marketplace. There's a crushing, overwhelming demand in certain cities right now, he said. The Dollar General in the middle of nowhere outside of Lexington, Kentucky, doesn't have that. Colvin then claimed he was simply running a business that was meeting consumer demand. I honestly feel like it's a public service, he added. I'm being paid for my public service. Amazon, however, put a stop to it, pulling his items as well as thousands of other listings for hand sanitizer, toilet paper, and antibacterial wipes. All right, let's stop for a second. There's no excuse for selling it for 70 bucks. He does have a really good point, though. I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, be completely harsh on this guy, but here's my opinion. He's right about the demand in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, where almost no people live. These stores get a big supply of hand sanitizer that they're likely not going to sell it for a really long time. You can go there and buy it, sell it for a, for a markup to make an honest profit. But this guy was selling something, some bottles for up to $70. All right. So I don't know what his full breakdown was, but I, I have no problem. If you go to a gas station, buy a bottle, buy, buy a thing of bottled water, drive into a hurricane area, and then you want to sell it for a couple bucks more. Jacking up the price for desperate people, however, in my opinion, is exploitation, and I'm not a fan of it. I know a lot of laissez-faire capitalist people say, you know, buyer beware, and what's it, it, you know, either they sell it this way or the people have no water. But I think there are limits, man. I'm a, I'm a mixed economy kind of guy, right? Well, apparently this dude is getting annihilated on social media. We can see this reporter from WRCB tweeted, Matt Colvin in Hickson, Tennessee, bought 18,000 bottles of sanitizer before the shortage surrounding COVID-19. He admits to cleaning out stores in multiple states, intending to sell for a profit on Amazon. Amazon took down the listings. We know this. Well, on his website, it now says the hand sanitizer in the NYT story is being donated to a local church and first responders tomorrow. It would seem that the massive backlash he received triggered him to say, I'm going to give it away. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Apparently, without him being around, the attorney general showed up to his storage unit and just took everything to which some people are calling theft. But on his site, he did say he was giving away. Now, check this out. The Tennessee attorney general is investigating reports of price gouging during the, the they spelled COVID wrong, the crisis. Memphis, Tennessee, the AG has ordered two men to stop buying and selling medical products after reports of price gouging surfaced amid the coronavirus pandemic. 
Attorney General Herbert Slattery's investigation has led him to believe Noah and Matt Colvin of Hicks in Tennessee bought the products from stores in Tennessee and Kentucky. In a statement released by the AG's office, Slattery says price gouging at a time such as this will not be tolerated. We will not tolerate price gouging in this time of exceptional need, and we will take aggressive action to stop it, said Attorney General Herbert H. Slattery. During this pandemic, we ask that you report suspicious activity to the Division of Consumer Affairs and refrain refrain from threatening or hostile communication with individuals or businesses you may suspect are price gouging. Our team will review complaints closely and we are prepared to act to protect Tennesseans. According to the AG's office, the law prohibits vendors from charging too much during a crisis linked to a state of emergency, which was announced Thursday by Governor Bill Lee. Under the law, the AG's office can put a stop to price gouging and seek refunds for consumers. The courts may also impose civil penalties against price gougers for every violation. The law applies to all levels of the supply chain, from the manufacturer to the distributor to the retailer said the statement released by the AG's office. Now, there's a, a challenging argument here, man. Let me show you this, this tweet from the, from the journalist. He said, happening now, Matt did not answer our calls, so he went to his storage unit. The AG's office was on the scene facilitating with the donation. This is the third stop they've been to this morning to gather the sanitizer. So I, I guess I'm, I'm curious, are they facilitating a, don- a donation or were these brothers terrified because of the threats they received, said, fine, we're going to give it up. And then the government came and just took everything they owned away. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. I do think we have an issue of these two brothers not realizing the media is not your friend. They are not here to tell a good story about you. They're here to get sensational clickbait and rage bait and to say whatever they want. So based on what this guy's statement was, where he said he thought he was providing a service, I think these two brothers thought they were doing something good. They looked at an area that wasn't impacted. In fact, a lot of the panic buying was happening in New York, Honolulu, Washington, DC, for instance. And so they probably said, hey, we're in the middle of nowhere, really low population density. We'll go buy this product. We'll ship it out. We'll send it around. We'll make a profit on it. They probably made a little bit. They, they probably made a way more money than is considered reasonable. But let me tell you something. The court of public opinion doesn't care about what's true or not. They care about if they're angry and shutting you down when they do get angry. That's why it's very important we have a legal system that actually looks at the facts. Unfortunately, unfortunately for us, we still do have a court of public opinion. And while I'm no fan of price gouging, like I said earlier, I said in a different video, there are some areas where it is okay. He makes a good point. Let's be fair, man. The guy makes a good point. If people in this area don't need it, what's wrong with selling it to people who do need it? The problem, however, is the people ordering it probably aren't in high, high risk areas either. So the problem is this guy went around buying up local sanitizer to ship off to other areas that probably aren't as heavily impacted, and he was turning a profit doing it. Reselling to people in areas who don't need it is not, in my opinion, it's not a legitimate, well, look, it is a legitimate trade. I get it. But it's still him just capitalizing off of panic and taking advantage of our goodwill or taking advantage of fear, I should say. But I guess it's a bigger question as to whether or not we, the, the, the issue here is, is this guy allowing the AG to go to his, his units and just take everything from him? And is it, the, is, is it even appropriate that we're going to be donating this stuff to churches? I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. Amazon shut him down. The prices for these products on Amazon was substantially higher from Amazon uh, themselves. So when you go on Amazon, you can see third-party re- resellers versus actual Amazon sales. And the cost, according to the New York Times, for these goods on, on, uh, on Amazon 
was like a third the price of what the price gougers were selling for. I know there's a lot of people who are more on the laissez-faire capitalist side who say, hey, supply and demand, buyer beware. I can respect that in many, many regards, but not so much in an emergency when people are panicking. This is, I can't stand, you know, look, when you see venues and they'll put up tickets for sale and then people show up, they'll go online, they'll buy everything and resell them. That is just injecting yourself in between the people, the supplier and the buyer. And I am not a fan. When, when there is a manufacturer to retail middleman, sometimes it makes sense. Look, I'm not going to order in bulk Cheerios and get a discount rate on it. But I do get those savings when I go to a store that has bought a bunch because they're planning to sell it to most people. That's how distribution works. In this regard, this guy was going to make a profit off of a product that was already available and being sold by many of these stores. So look, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think this is an, an issue where there's a 100%, per, uh, 100% perfect answer. But I do think, I, I, well, I'll put it this way. I'm going to absolutely question whether or not the government can show up and just take your stuff. I don't think it's the right move. But look, don't take it from me. I don't know what the right answer is, man. These things are so confusing. And a lot of people got strong opinions. I'll leave it there. I'll just leave it with, it happened. The dude bought it all up. I kind of disagree with it. But I also disagree with the government just seizing his property after he bought it already. I'll see you. I got, another, I got one more segment coming up. I'll see you all in a few minutes. Right now, we are dealing with a serious global crisis. As this crisis worsens, we're looking for information to better understand the world around us. The media, however, is not full of perfect individuals who know everything, and they often present you information from a biased point of view. They'll pretend like they're not, but they will give you bad information. Case in point, this story. A new poll shows a startling partisan divide on the dangers of the coronavirus. Most Democrats are a lot more worried than Republicans. Now, on the surface, they try and make it seem like Republicans don't care about the virus at all, like they don't think it's a real thing. They've tried claiming that Donald Trump said the virus was a hoax. Donald Trump said the politicizing of the virus was a hoax. Trump had accused Democrats of saying he was doing a bad job and not responding properly to make a political situation so they could gain brownie points with voters. Trump never said the virus itself was a hoax. He went on to say that they were taking it very seriously. While I think Trump could have been a, done a better job initially, the media lied. Now, once again, we are seeing what many people will assume to be lies. It is true to a certain degree that Republicans are less likely to think the coronavirus is a serious threat than Democrats. When it comes to products being bought, we've seen stories uh, in the past that Democrats are more likely to go out and buy supplies, surprisingly. Now, I asked, I was talking to some people, and here's the response I got. The issue is that conservatives typically already have the supplies. One big factor not being considered by these media outlets is that for one, people who are conservatives tend to live in rural areas, meaning they are more likely to already have the supplies. And second, they don't live in dense urban areas like Democrats do. The polls may not be showing us a bunch of ignorant Trump supporters and conservatives who aren't paying attention or who don't think it's, it's, it's an issue. It may be showing us the urban versus rural divide. If you live in the middle of nowhere, I've lived in, in a semi-rural area. Yes, I had some supplies because I'm like, hey, I'm 40 minutes away from the nearest store, from the nearest police department. You want to be able to be self-sustainable to a certain degree. In that regard, a, a, a city folk individual who's got a bodega just underneath his apartment doesn't stock up. He says, if I need it, I'll go downstairs. 
So when the news breaks, the people who live in cities say, I better go buy supplies. And the conservatives say, it's a good thing I've got my supplies already. They're then asked, are you worried that you or a friend will get will catch this virus? Democrats who live in big, dense cities say yes. And conservatives who live in rural areas say, no, I don't live near everyone and I've got my supplies. These polls don't show us the mentality. But of course, that's what the media will try and tell you. And it may be because they're just unlearned people who live in a bubble. I don't know. Let's read. Vox says, A new NBC News Wall Street Journal poll has revealed sharp partisan divides between Americans over the coronavirus pandemic. The poll found 68% of Democrats are worried that some someone in their family could catch the virus, while just 40% of Republicans and 45% of independents share that concern. The gulf in perception over an outwardly non-political issue underscores how signals from politicians and media outlets have played a critical role in shaping how seriously Americans are taking a viral outbreak that has overwhelmed healthcare systems and triggered mass quarantines in several countries around the world. Nearly 80% of Democrats believed the worst is yet to come, but just 40% of Republicans and 57% of independents believed that. Overall, 53% of all voters are concerned that someone in their immediately fa- immediate family might contract the coronavirus, and 60% believe the worst is yet to come. Okay, first, Democrats are more likely to trust the media. This creates a skew in perception. Independents and conservatives are more likely to get their news sources from both conservative and uh, liberal media. This results in two different realities and different levels of trust. If the progressives are saying the end is nigh and Trump has screwed up, overwhelmingly, they will believe it. But because independents and conservatives are more likely to be a bit skeptical, this is not surprising uh, to me in the least bit, nor do I think it is overwhelmingly a bad thing. Let's read on. Well, I I will point out too, as I stated, they say 68% of Democrats were worried someone in their family could catch the virus. Look, it's simple, man. You live out in the suburbs. If you live in a rural area and you don't live next to anyone, I think we understand the point. The poll found also found 56% of Democrats believe their day-to-day lives will change in a major way in the future, while just 26% of Republicans hold that view. In response to every question about whether a respondent would change their plans that would expose them to others, like travel, eating out at restaurants, and attending large gatherings, Democratic voters consistently responded affirmatively at much higher rates than Republicans. For example, 61% of Democrats said they've stopped or plan to stop attending large public gatherings, but only 30% of Republicans said the same. Now, this is where there's some legitimate criticism. Recently, Devin Nunes was on the news and he said, go out to a restaurant, get food. And this is being frowned upon by a lot of people, not just not just Democrats either. Many high profile conservatives and Trump supporters have said this is a bad idea. Look, man, I personally respect that you want to try and protect the, you know, the workers, the, pe- the, the the wage earners, the tip earners. I get it. I don't know what the right answer is, but I can tell you perhaps it's not wise to go out like normal. Now, Devin didn't come out and say, I don't think he's any anything too outrageous. You know, he said, don't go panic buy, don't stock up on months of supplies, but go out and get food. You'll be okay. He's not wrong. You will likely be okay. But we're taking this very, very seriously right now for the for the short term. If you were to ask me, I'm not going to I'm not going to rag on the guy and, 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 and try and, you know, slam him over this necessarily. I'll just say, look, I'll give you my advice. You probably shouldn't do that. 
I don't think we're at the level now where you, you know, look, I think I, I still think it's it's fine if you take basic precautions, wipe, well, wash your hands, wipe things down, go to the store, buy your supplies. You probably can go eat. I would recommend against it. And, and, and you want to limit your outings. But there are a lot of people who are freaking out and they're taking things way, way more, you know, I don't know, way more seriously. But uh, let's read more. Uh, you know what I'm gonna also going to do? I'm going to I'm going to throw a little shade towards Ben Carson on this one. You see, in a past video, I mentioned Ocasio-Cortez saying, don't touch your face and then touching your face. Well, Ben Carson apparently did the same thing. So look, man, I'm not I'm not going to act like it's it's you, you look, people don't realize they're touching their face all the time. I, I did the joke and then I went and touched my face. Look, I'm doing it right now. Let me make a point. I'm at home. I work from my home studio and I just washed my hands before filming, you know, the last couple of segments. So wash your hands. You can touch your face. It's fine. But if you're out in public touching, you know, objects and then you start touching your face, it's what they want you to, want you to avoid. So in regards to Ocasio-Cortez and Ben Carson, come on, guys, think about it for a second. I know it's hard to do it. Look, I don't blame them. And also wipe your phones down too. pick up some like alcohol wipes or disinfecting wipes. Dude, you, you don't understand how dirty your phone is. It's gross stuff. They say the partisan disconnect is not due to a lack of information among conservatives or a function of not hearing much about the outbreak in certain regions of the country. NBC reports that 99% of respondents said they've seen, heard, or read about the spread of the coronavirus, and 89% said they've heard a lot about it. The highest percentage that one of their polls found has found for a major event since 09. The more likely explanation is that, as with so many other issues, people with different political ideologies consume different kinds of information and take cues on how to think about events from different political figures and institutions. Given that Donald Trump and media institutions that cater to conservative audiences like Fox News have been downplaying the issue from day one, it's not surprising that Republican voters are not nearly as alarmed as Democrats. Still, as the virus spreads and more people know someone affected, the typical partisan divides might not hold. I, I, I gotta say, I find this strange. Trump downplayed it. I criticized him. I know my audience isn't overwhelmingly diehard Trump supporters, but I think alternative media hasn't done a horrible job. I shouldn't say alternative media, but a lot of conservative media leaning commentators have been very serious about this. A lot of Trump support, uh, Trump personalities, Trump supporting personalities on Twitter were absolutely serious about this. And I think there is a mixed reaction, but I don't think the issue is that Fox News and Trump are downplaying it. I think the issue is that typically conservatives are more skeptical of what they read in the media. And it's the media's fault. Trust in media is down, particularly among independents and Republicans. So look, I don't blame anybody for not listening to what the media has to say. And I'll make this point. This is the point of the video. This segment right now is telling you why it's difficult to trust the press on this. They're not giving you adequate context as to why Republicans aren't as concerned about their family catching the virus. Republicans are typically in rural areas. I said it for the third time now, but that's the point of the video. Not to reiterate the same point, but to just say, I'm trying to explain to you, and perhaps this video should be for Vox. If you want to understand why people don't trust you, yes, coronavirus has been politicized, and I will also blame the Democrats. We saw many people on the, on the left trying to inject policies or bills. We, saw, we then saw them accusing Trump of doing all these things. So Trump fired back. We saw the Washington Post say Trump is politicizing this, but then say, let's politicize this. If that's the case, don't be surprised when for political reasons, people don't trust you when you come out with, with this information. All I can really say is I would recommend social distancing. I am not personally super concerned. If I have to go to the store to pick something up, I'm not worried about it. 
Just don't huddle around people. Don't rush into the toilet paper aisle. Wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. Many stores are providing, you know, uh, wipe down, you know, uh, those those disinfecting wipes for shopping carts and stuff. I think you'll be fine. I think for the most part, if you go to a restaurant, you'll probably be fine. But I would recommend against it. I know it's bad for the wage earners and the tip earners. We're, we're taking an economic hit here. Let's figure it out. I'll tell you, I, I don't want to tell you what to do. I'll put it this way. I'm, I, you know, I think, I think I personally would not listen to what Devin Nunes had to say, but you can, if you want, if you think I'm wrong, I do not think I'm the smartest person in the world or that I have all the answers. I can just tell you how I feel and how I'm going to respond. Let me just wrap this up by saying the media has not been doing a good job on this. It is not the fault of conservatives and Republicans who are, who are downplaying this. I would say the fault lies with the press that has routinely politicized this, who started screeching that Donald Trump was going to try and cancel the election. I'm not exaggerating on this one. They were like, what if Trump tries to cancel the presidential election? Calm down, man. That's not the case. But I'll wrap it up there. Keep this one short. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. And podca- the podcast will be up at 6.30 p.m. as per usual on all podcast platforms. I'll see you next time.